Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Premier League Review. It was the late show at the top of the Premier League table as both Liverpool and Manchester City grabbed crucial last gasp goals to stay on the straight and narrow. Leicester stay in the top four with a win over Crystal Palace. Chelsea equal a club record with their win over Watford. West Ham are seriously wobbling and Sheffield United, yes, Sheffield United are in sixth place in the Premier League table. Taking Manchester United's coveted spot sixth place, they're in the bottom half, (laughs) 10 points off the top four. Can you believe it? We'll be covering all that and more on the podcast. This is your Sunday supplement, so to speak, your Premier League review show, a full programme of 10 games to pick the bones out of today and another weekend of top flight action. If you've listened before, welcome back. Good to have you with us again. If you're new around here, this is Football Social Daily from the Sports Social, the only place where you can find daily Premier League podcasts. Seven days a week, we'll have all the big talking points covered for you by real football fans, so hit subscribe and never miss a show. My name's Niall, I'll be steering the ship today, but no ship is complete without a, a reliable crew, and that's exactly what we got today. We've got Adam Keyworth. Hello, Adam. Hello, how are you? I'm fine, mate. Yeah, I'm fine. Just Good. Ready to get back into it, stuck into the action again. Uh, we've got Jay Motti. Hello, Jay. Hi, mate. You okay? I'm, I'm fine. I'm just hoping you're not too upset about my United jibe at the start. Mate. I'm used to it on this show. It doesn't matter who's in that seat. I just get it straight away, both barrels, before we've <laughs> even taken us. Before we've even sat down, it starts. <laughs> It's just immune. <laughs> Thick skin. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Pete Hall with us. Hello, Pete. Hello, mate. We've all watched the Everton versus Spurs game, and that's where we're going to start. And we're going to start there because, well, there's plenty of talking points, first of all, but I think we should start off by saying Andre Gomez was stretched off with a, a horrific injury, a leg break. It certainly wasn't pleasant to watch. Those inside Goodison Park were certainly disturbed by what they saw, those in the front row of the crowd. The players were shocked. Song Hyun Min, who was involved in the incident, was also visibly distressed. What happened was uh, Andre Gomez slipped past Son on the touchline. Son clipped him. Andre Gomez started to go down. And as he went down, he also collided with Serge Aurier. And uh, we believe at that moment that is when Andre Gomez broke his leg. Now, the game finished 1-1, and we'll talk about the game in a minute. But first of all, I think we should probably just all say that I think we agree that 
we wish him a, a very speedy recovery. And mm-hmm. those sorts of incidents makes you re- make you realise just how physical the game can be at the top level. Sometimes you don't see this sort of thing often, Jay, but when you do see it, it does really make you take your breath back. Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times at Old Trafford. Uh, we were talking about it earlier, weren't we? Mm. Um, so, well, I was at Old Trafford when David happened to David Bust. I didn't actually see the incident. I just saw Peter Schmeichel throwing up when he saw it. And I was there when Tony Valencia did his leg as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, your heart goes out to the players because it is, people forget you can have one instance like that that can change your whole career. Um, I'm hoping that Andre Gomez re- recovers fully. Um, and that you know he, he carries on and continues to have the career that he's having. That's what you you hope for. Um, the incident itself, I sort of got here. We were talking just before we went on air, and I, I saw it. And um, yeah, like you say, it looked pretty innocuous from from Son. And then Martin Atkinson's changed what looked like a yellow to a red card. Now I don't know the circumstance behind that. I don't know if someone's in his ear. I don't know if he's just looked at the the, the injury and thought, oh, you've caused that injury. I'm going to give you a red card instead of a yellow. But. I f- my main sympathy is with Gomez because he's the one that's going through a lot here. But mm. seeing Son crying his eyes out when he's realised what's happened and then seeing him get a red card for it, even though it's not his fault, seemed very harsh to me. I think we're going to get onto the dreaded VAR already, which we, we try and ban from the show, but it just crops what? up again and again and <laughs> it's again. It's impossible. It is impossible. How, in that scenario, hasn't VAR said to Martin Atkinson, right, let's try and get this right here. Mm. He's just he's gone from a yellow to a red. He's sent him off, but it's quite clear when we've seen the replays. I know Sky didn't show them. Yeah. Um, I think that's part we, of it. We've seen the replays, and I, it would have been harsh to send either of them off, Aurier or Son, but definitely not Son. He just tripped him. Yeah, and I, I think, do you know what? It's funny you say about the broadcasters. I think that is a massive, massive part of it. Sky yeah. decided not to show replays. Match of the day, I presume, won't, won't show. show any replays of the incident. So... It's almost like they can Therefore, get away with it. it becomes an interesting debate because if the replays are shown to the referees in the VAR truck but yeah. not to the people watching on the sofa at home, there's an argument of conspiracy there, which yeah, it, is just it's muddy, get muddy waters. It, mm. It's it going to be rescinded. It, it will be away. rescinded, but I think that's a really interesting point you make because at, at VAR... You'd want that to be making the right decision, Son, especially in that distressing moment. You think, yeah, because you're, you're saying to him, "You've caused this." Yeah, yeah. look but what you've done to him. You, you've got to say as well. That's part of why probably Son was distressed, but also would he have even been able to continue? No, anyway he probably would have got in the situation on. he was in. The strange yeah. thing about this is that this is one of the, this is one of the reasons VAR came in. Mis- mistaken identity. It's one yeah. of it's one of their key points <laughs> that they listed. Absolutely, yeah. when ridiculous. Uh, and I know it was a distressful situation. This this particular one, but. Mistaken identity is very easily rectified, and if you got even, you don't need to see a replay. You don't, you, need, you don't need to see a replay to get that right. No, and yeah. even, surely just the players talking amongst themselves in that situation can help the referee as well, because they can they can tell the referee that look, you've got that you've got that wrong. It doesn't matter who it is who's get in that situation who's got sent off. The players can may well have said something to Martin Atkinson, but it's it's all a big lads club, isn't it? The whole VAR thing. That's that's how I've finally got my head around it. It's, I can't tell him he's wrong because we're all in this together. And if yeah. I tell him he's wrong, then when I'm wrong, someone's gonna, it's going to make me look bad. It's got to be where, if you're wrong, it's just human error. That's exactly what it's been brought in to get rid of. I was human del- error. I was del- delving a bit into this last week. And um, the VAR, I can't remember his name, who was Martin Atkinson's VAR last week was a referee that has criticised Martin Atkinson in the past. And Martin Atkinson didn't, doesn't take too kindly to being criticised, apparently. Neither do, neither do any of us, I'm sure. No, brilliant. But 
he then had a decision to make where he was going to, he should have told Martin Atkinson that that was a penalty or I can't remember the actual decision itself. But because he'd had this history in the past yeah. where he'd, because Martin Atkinson is very senior referee. Yeah. He has the power to say, look, I, look lads, I don't want to, like you say, oh, boys club, isn't it? Look lads, I don't, he's not getting another game again. No. So that that yeah. that VAR is that's already had a run in with Martin Atkinson in the past, who's never refereed a Premier League game, never refereed a top flight game. That's stunning. That has, that, that absolutely shocks me. That has, those those people sat mad. in the truck have never ever yeah. refereed a game in their lives at the top flight. He's not going to tell a man that he's trying to climb the ladder. He's not going to try to tell the chief. He's not going to tell the chief referee that. Hold on, mate. You got that wrong. Yeah. yeah. Overturn your decision. Embarrass yourself. Because that's what it is, isn't it? You're telling someone that's wrong, or you've got to embarrass yourself in front of a stadium. This... There's no monitors at the side of the pitch for them to go and see it. Well, there is. They just haven't used them. Just haven't used them. I'm sure I read somewhere at the start of the season that games, they weren't going to bother using it. 110 games it's been used in VAR, and not once has it been looked at it on won't. the side. It won't. And either. it won't. But it won't. But it's there. <laughs> it, it's all just... It's garbage. None of it's I, working. I, I've never been an advocate of VAR, and I'm not going to start now. I think the problem is, is the Premier League either got on board with VAR or risked being left behind yeah. in inverted commas. And well, I think that was what it was. It's pressure from the outside. It's pressure from UEFA. It's pressure from FIFA. It's pressure from people saying, "Well, we've got VAR in these big international tournaments. We've yeah. got VA. We're going to have VAR in the Champions League. It's what's going to happen." If you don't want to be left behind, then use it. It's, I think the lines get blurred as well. I think people looked at goal line technology and thought, that's technology. It's great. Helping yeah. get Easy. decisions right. Yeah, yeah, because it's a line. A line, sorry. And obviously it's, it's science and it's black or white. Mm. It's either over line or it isn't. There's no grey area. And people thought, oh, technology, VAR, great. Yeah, now we can clear up all these yeah. <laughs> decisions that we can't agree on. And the, the opposite has happened. Just another it's opinion. Just, just another guy sat drama. Another it, but you know what? Is there's so many problems with it, and we can sit here and talk all podcast about it, but we, we probably shouldn't. But I saw a game the other day. There were two incidents. One took two minutes. One took two yeah. minutes and fifteen seconds. Both in the first half. Added time at the end of the first one. half. One minute. One minute. Yeah. What's that all about? Well, in the it's great. Yeah. You're, you're, ta- you're taking away from the punters yeah. that are paying their money to go, yeah. in, and yeah. it's expensive and to watch football. The Delhi Ali handball in the Tottenham game that was over two minutes. And it was it was handball. We can all agree it's handball. And they still didn't give it. Yeah, it's, it's, got, it's. I'm actually I'm actually a fan of it. I actually think administered properly. Yeah. it can work. But it's so bad. Every other sport. Every other sport does it. Every other sport does it properly. And I interviewed Howard Webb. Do you remember remember him? Apparently, yeah. he's a United fan, isn't he? Yeah, he's myth. He's head of referees in in America. Great, yeah. you know, great gig. Yeah, um, can do what he wants. And um, he was saying that. I wish I had VAR when I was refereeing because people always bring up to me. Do you remember that tackle about Nigel De Jong in the World yeah, Cup final? Yeah. People always bring that up, and I, I, I hang my head in shame every time. It's so embarrassing. How could I not see that? If I had VAR, if I had a VAR telling me, oh god, yeah, that's a that's a red card. No, but it would have never been mentioned again. But people, he says, every time I meet someone in 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 football or not, they always bring up that. And he said there will be teething problems, but he, but it'll work and. I think he's right, but we couldn't foreseen how badly it's it's, be, it's, be, it's been administered it this year. It's a classic case of too much too soon. Yeah, where, yeah, they, where they've, they've not phased it in. They, they no. could have brought in where it's just um, offside, just offside first, or there, or it's just penalty decisions. Yeah, or it's just handball. But the focusing they've spread themselves so thinly, and nobody actually knows the rules anymore. No. Anyway, they've changed they've changed the ha- rules for like handball and things that nobody was calling for any of that to be changed. No, they. It's those little things where it's someone in a job just doing something for the sake of it. Yeah, but yeah. I think 
it's a bigger issue and we shouldn't get into it, but we'll def- <laughs> we definitely should at some point. Right. About how we've created this personality cult of referees. They're all big, they're all big personalities. They're that, all well known. They're all famous. You know, that is not their job. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. expect a referee to have his own no context Twitter it's account. Literally. Here we are. Here we are with yeah. Mike Dean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. doing his it's old. It's literally not your job. Look at cricket. The umpires, their only job is get it right. If they get it wrong, someone will tell them. They'll say sorry. Here's the right decision. Done. You don't see them. You don't hear from them. They don't have these like weird, weird things that they do like. <laughs> off the pitch and make weird comments. Well, I just, it's just that, like I say, there's so many problems with it. I spoke about the added time a minute ago and the company that actually run the VAR systems, Hawkeye, actually had to come out and apologise. Every week. Because last week they put no goal on the screen when it was meant to say goal. Oh, I, yeah. I can't even remember the decision now. It was now. a Tottenham, yeah. But whatever yeah. happened, it was wrong. And mm-hmm. the company, I mean, how hard it press yes or no, goal or no goal. I mean, someone's obviously pressed the wrong button there yeah. or whatever's happened, but they've actually had to come out and apologise for making a mistake. The, the this De- is a Premier League football the game. The Deli Alley one's the worst one I've seen this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By a mile, because if that's not handball, then what is the rule? Yeah, his yeah, hand yeah. is above his head, yeah, and it's hit him flush on the. And hand. some of the yeah. other ones that they've given handball, it's the, just the Laporte one. Yeah, no, the City against <laughs> Tottenham, yeah. Yeah, yeah. where his arms are down by his side and it's hit his hand. Yeah, without and it wasn't going. It wasn't a shot. Yeah, it was yeah. a cross. In this one, if it doesn't hit his hand, it's straight yeah. on the Everton well, player's head. Do you know what we'll say about VAR? No consistency. Much like before, there was VAR. The referees had no consistency. Yeah, <laughs> therefore nothing has changed. Anyway. <laughs> To save myself doing a lot of editing yeah. after this podcast is finished, let's talk about the game we want to talk about. All Tottenham right. against uh, Everton at Goodison Park. Do we Park. really want to talk about that? Uh, <laughs> well, Deli Ali scored and the the mood was definitely dampened at Goodison Park after the Andre Gomez leg the- break. Jenk Tosin was one of the first on the scene and Jenk Tosin was the man who equalised. There was 12 minutes of ad- added time due to the injury. Everton scored late on. They got the point. I said to Jay... I felt like it was two average teams going at it throughout the game in terms of how the game panned out as a spectacle. Um, Tottenham and Everton have obviously both got decent players, but how much of a of a saviour uh, for Marco Silva is that Jenk Tosin header late on? Definitely. I mean, just before that header went in, I think I was saying Silva's probably just edged ahead in the sack race, in the Premier League sack race. I'd probably just tips him over Unai Emery. I know we'll get on to Arsenal a little bit later, but I think that might be a goal that, if he does keep his job, he looks back at as being an important one because there's obviously going to be a lot of sort of sense of injustice going around with the, the Everton fans after what what's happened with Gomez. They're going to feel a bit sort of emotional, which yeah. you get. Um, and so, so have, they, have they lost the game? That emotion may have took a form of anger towards him. I know they're already yeah. angry with him anyway. Mm. It would have uh, exacerbated that. So I think the fact that they've got a, a point, they've rallied round. If he can tap into that somehow, they can go on a bit of a run and mm. they can sort of get the sense of sort of the feeling that they're all in this together then maybe they'll have a chance because his saving grace when they lost at Brighton the other week was there was that injustice one with the VAR, yeah. going back yeah. to VAR, the, the penalty, whatever it was. Um, so the, I think that helped him in a way that you can say, okay, it's a terrible result, but the worst mitigating circumstances we've been out done by. Today, they've rallied, they've got a draw in a difficult circumstance, but he, he needs to, to build on this. Yeah. He can't he can't keep getting away with it because his saving grace has been, as well, has been Goodison. Yeah. He's form at Goodison. Well, so that's why today was important. And then when that started to slip a couple of weeks ago, that was when real yeah. question marks arose. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what's continued. And the thing, the frustrating thing for Evertonians is that they can play so well. Like they beat West Ham 2 0. They dominated West Ham. West Ham didn't have a sniff. Albeit they played well against us. Yeah, they're in a bad patch of form as well, West Ham. But um, then they'll go and, and lose a game in the most ridiculous of manners and there's just no consistency there. What I would say, Pete, is that the people upstairs at 
at Goodison Park, Marcel Brands, uh, Mashiri, they, they all believe in what Marco Silva's mm. trying to do. Do They all buy into it. How long is that going to last for, though? Because they're 17th in the Premier League table. They're just above the relegation zone. Marco Silva has a weird knack of getting chairman and directors of football to really believe in what he's doing. And Blagger. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and <laughs> and he's and he also I don't I don't know what it is I I I fall for it sometimes you just you just feel sorry for him he's got he's the, just got that aura of a man who he just like it feels like the world is against him all the time but it's against him because he makes poor decisions and there I there's some of the players that they bought in summer I, I was quite excited about but they just bought the wrong players for the wrong positions yeah. that they were already well stocked in so mm. do you play. It will be or do you play Theo Walcott? He played yeah. both today. I know, and that doesn't work. Delft, Iwobi and Walcott, you're not doing it. Calvert-Lewin's Calvert a top goal scorer and he's on the bench. Well, in a game yeah. you really need to in a game you really need well, to win, you've got... Goals is what I worry about with Everton. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean uh, unless it's Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin's not a serial goal scorer. Jen no. Tosin scored a rare goal today. Moyes um, Keane. Moyes Keane is yeah. not really... I don't think he's scored yet for no. Everton, has he? The, the big um, they've th- not got... They've got not got... Not no. got anything. Firepower. The, the big the big disappointment for them is Sigurdsson's been awful this season yeah, he's not for them. Good. And he, he was like their talisman last season and if everything went through him and he's just had an awful, awful season. But does that come from the manager? He's, <laughs> Silva is the sort of player, a sort of manager who... Um, he advocates for attacking football yeah. and he concentrated so much on sorting his defence out. And at the start of the season, they were really good at the back. Um, and 2019, until last month, they had the best home defensive record apart from Man City in the country. And all of a sudden, it's set pieces again. Yeah. He's out conceded mm-hmm. a few goals at pieces. And the problem is, is when things go badly, he just he just capitulates. Yeah. And it's I think it's just a stay of execution. The, well, you say a stay of execution. They've got Southampton next mm. week, who are only a, a place... And I think the, one point below them in the table. So if that goes belly up for, for Everton there, yeah. is that the end of the road for Silva? Yeah, 100%. Because Everton aren't in any danger of relegation. I'll put my neck out and say that. They're a lot better than the probably five or six teams that are going to be scrapping it out. But if they lose to Southampton and drop into the relegation zone, he's gone. He he is just gone. Because the Everton fans won't forgive him. Yeah. That's what we were saying before. They, they are almost a bit like Arsenal, on the edge right now of one really bad result, a Southampton defeat, and he's gone with the fans. And once you lose a set of fans like Everton fans, similar to Arsenal again in that regard, there's no no coming back. I think think the reason he hasn't gone yet is because Everton coveted him for so long Mm -hmm. and chased him for so long and... And he was the man that they wanted to take them into this new era, into the new stadium and everything. And it's just been a bit, of, only, been a bit of a disaster. There's it? only so long you can get away with not being Sam Allardyce as your only <laughs> sort yeah. of positive. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that was a big thing for Everton <laughs> yeah, fans. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. okay, they finished eighth or whatever under Allardyce, yeah. but they didn't like him and his football. Yeah. And like Silver, as you said, was this yeah. new sort of forward thinking manager. Yeah, and yeah. he's more attacking football yeah. and flair. Great but, hair, you know, yeah. it, doesn't last, it doesn't last forever. So, the, what I will say about that game is the first half. There were fans in the stadium on Sky Sports asleep. <laughs> like that is, if you if you ever want an image to to show what's going on at Tottenham and Everton, there were fans asleep on the edge of half time. With one <laughs> shot in the first half between the two teams, it was the best thing that happened was Pickford played a long ball and Walcott nearly got on the end of it. <laughs> Honest wow. to God, that was the highlight they showed. I look, yeah, it was. I, I look forward to seeing that analysed later on on the TV. <laughs> it was um, so bad. But two clubs that are in 
real plodding along yes, territory I would agree. already who came into the season both sets of fans, loads of promise, Spurs, yeah. new stadium, uh, Champions League final, bought some great new players and they've, they're just nowhere near. I would agree. I would agree. Level. Everton's 17th position now, three points and one place above the Premier League relegation zone. They do host Southampton next week, or they do face Southampton next week, I should say, who are in uh, 18th. There's a nine goal swing in goal difference, but in games involving Southampton, you just never know. <laughs> uh, Spurs, meanwhile, in 11th position on 13 points. <clears throat> But let's go to the top of the Premier League table now where Liverpool and Manchester City both scored late goals to ensure that they stayed on the winning trail. Let's start with Liverpool, who found a last gasp winner against Aston Villa. They did have a goal ruled out due to a dubious offside through VAR, but we've had our VAR discussion. So even though I think we can all go, we're not really sure how that was offside. Uh, Firmino's armpit or the something deadly like that. Armpit, the, de- yeah, yeah. the deadly he's, armpit. He's hair. really well known for scoring with his armpit. Well, there, well, well, there we massive go. Massive advantage. Anyway, eventually Sadio Mane tucked the ball into the corner with what I would say is a very fine header into the far corner uh, beyond the Aston Villa goalkeeper Tom Heaton. They ended up winning the game 2-1 and Pep Guardiola, the Manchester City manager, came out after the game, having watched the Liverpool game, and said, they've just got this knack of finding a way to win late on in the game, whether that be diving or whether that be a special goal. <laughs> Jay, Jay um, got this right before first, so I'll let him. Go on, Jay. I'll let him. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this, it's, this, it's obvious it's, it's mind games and it's getting, I think, uh, ahead of the City-Liverpool game next week or Liverpool-City game next week, Pep's getting into the referees' heads already. Isn't it? Yeah, he's yeah, having yeah, that little yeah. message there. It's classic. You know, Manny yeah. could be diving because you know that if it's at Anfield and Manny goes down in the box, whatever, the crowd are going to be screaming. Yeah. And if the referee's got in the back of his mind, which he may have, he's only human, yeah. the fact that Pep Guardiola already mentioned the fact Manny likes to go down yeah. if he just gets a slight touch or whatever, it may, it may give him and an advantage. And in, Is it because that game's coming up next week? Yeah. Do you think that's partly why he's Fergie doing? was the master of this. Fergie yeah, should yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, we all saw when Kevin Keegan imploded on national television yeah. because Fergie would always be having these little messages. Or Benitez did it, didn't he, when he had enough and his little yeah, piece yeah, of paper yeah, yeah. and his facts and all that nonsense. Right. Fergie always used to do it. And Pep's the same. They're cut from the same cloth of that sort of leaving nothing to chance and trying everything you can to yeah. get that win. By next weekend, Klopp will have come out, and I can guarantee yep. this, he'll come out and talk about City's tactical fouling. I bet you that that's going to be his riposte to it yeah. because that's what both teams are stereotyped for Mane's play acting City's tactical fouling it'll all come out this week definitely and I don't mind it I think it's just throwing a bit of to be fair you don't really need to stoke that fire anymore but they're doing it anyway I think what you could say let's lump City and Liverpool in this together nobody was surprised that City and Liverpool both came from behind in what was I haven't seen the Liverpool game I was at the City game but the City game was tough Oh, that was a really, really tough did game. Did City deserve to win the game? Yeah, they did. We Wasn't a... that weird stat that it was like Aguero's equaliser was the first shot on target? Yeah, but we had about f- 500 shots blocked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Southampton defended incredibly well yesterday. Which they'd obviously, from the 9-0, we beat them in midweek, but this was the same team that got beat 9-0. <laughs> Do you know what? Sorry, I've just started laughing. Do you know what I've just remembered? The Pep getting the ball and giving oh, it to them. so <laughs> good. Their assistant what? manager was... Was being a do? weapon. I've just remembered now as you were talking, Keys. Le- Leicester assistant manager, Southampton. Um, so, so Leicester, Southampton uh, wouldn't give the ball. Um, it was like messing with the ball because they were one 0 up. Yeah. So when we went two one up, Pep 
was going to give the ball back to the player, but offered it to the assistant manager instead. <laughs> um, Top shit house. No, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. You got to love a bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Him. You know what I mean. But I'm that not, that was a that was a game that felt really big yesterday. The Southampton game. But Aguero scored. What I will say, how many headers has Aguero missed this season, by the way? A lot. He missed two From in the, the first middle of the half. box, you just yeah. think, I've, I had a deja vu watching that season. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought the ball came over. Aguero. There we go. It felt big Thank because. You very much. We didn't, and he heads it over, and it's not the first time he's yeah. done it this season. We, we didn't play very well. Um, and it was very akin to the Southampton game two years ago when Sterling scored very late. It was a similar sort of game. We ran out of ideas. Pep had at one point Aguero, Jesus, Sterling, uh, Bernardo, Foden, all up top, basically. But we did that thing where we started crossing it and it was getting annoying. <laughs> but we had so many shots blocked, I just thought maybe this, if we don't win this, it, it was going to feel pretty yeah. bad. But you had all those players up front and yeah. Kyle Walker pops up. Good finish as well. Goal and assist for And Kyle best Walker. celebration ha, ha, I've seen in yeah. ages. Shades of Didier Drogba with the knees like. Proper knee slide, knee slide but that. How well did he play? Very. Is Gareth Southgate maybe going to start considering him again for no. England selection? Probably not. No. But how well did he play he, that, in, in comparison to recent weeks? It was the best I've seen him play for probably the whole season. Can, Cancelo's playing really well when he's having his turn. So Walker's under a bit of pressure and yesterday... He was very good. He was very good going forward. He he defended all right when he needed to. Not that Southampton created anything other than the goal. Um, Edison with a rare mistake, but I can let him off because he's saved us so many times this season. Yeah. Uh, referee was utterly dreadful. Lee Mason on his return after he was dropped for a, an utterly terrible game that he had earlier in the season, came back, blew up for everything, managed to wind up both sets of fans, which really does take some doing. <laughs> You go on Twitter after the game, type in Lee Mason and City fans and Southampton fans didn't like him. So <laughs> that does take some doing. It was bad, but it did feel like a really, really, really big win. Because yes. if, if Liverpool had come from behind like they did and City didn't win that game, that's you're starting to struggle then. Well, then, like you say, next I suppose week the then only becomes a must win. Yeah, the only saving grace would be that you have that next wing, yeah. must win game next up. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Southampton then. Are they going down? Yeah, I think uh, Pete? they were really good yesterday. But you can't get beat 9-0 by, I know how good Leicester are, at home. And I don't think the squad depth is there at all. I think that's where they're going to fall down, a bit like Norwich, which we'll come on to. I think. It's, a, it's a valid argument, but I think... I, I like think the manager, though. I like the manager. I, I think they've got quite a... I, their it, first 11 is it's pretty not, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's is not it? bad. Uh, and yeah. And... They've got some good strikers that aren't scoring goals. So yes. when they when they start scoring goals, like I'm, I'm a big, I, I covered quite a lot of the championship last season, and Che Adams was excellent yeah. uh, last season. I thought he was a really good signing, and he's not really kicked on so far. But if he gets a few goals, I think he could, once he gets up a runner, I think I think they'll be all right there. I don't know why. I've no idea why. I still, even though they're they're, they're in the top half, I I just think Palace have got an absolutely dreadful squad, and I, I think they could easily easily fall Drop. quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Southampton. What they did do was they got the fans back on side this week, which took some doing Yeah, after getting slapped 9-0 at home. But yesterday, I think the fans would be pretty pretty happy with that performance. There's a bit of fight in them as well, isn't there? Yeah, they're there not, is. They're not down yeah, in yeah. tools. They're not giving up. They're yeah, not, yeah. They're not, they've not lost yeah. all the belief. You, you saw that see, in the cup, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, the there's, cup they played quite well. That, 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 if I was a Southampton fan, that would give yeah. me a, quite De- a lot of comfort. Defending yesterday was really good. Vestergaard looks a decent player yeah. at the back. The, I need to go back to Lee Mason because this was the, the anecdote that I needed to give you. Um, in the first half, so as soon as Southampton scored, Alex McCarthy was taking 
I'm not exaggerating. 30 to 40 seconds for his goal kick. He should have done this when they were losing at Leicester, against Leicester. Yeah, they I know. should have had this sort exactly. of time-wasting mentality. They might he, not have got battered now. He was wasting time, but the City players were in, in, in Mason's ear, and Mason kept turning his back on the goal kicks, which was obviously really getting the crowd up on him. And then, as soon as City went 2-1 up, Edison had one goal kick and he booked him. He booked him for the first one. <laughs> I, I just thought... All I will say, like we, we mentioned, they're playing Everton next week at St Mary's Stadium. Although, you look at the goal difference in the relegation zone. Watford minus 17, Norwich minus 15, Southampton minus 17, and then the next worst team in terms of goal difference is Newcastle United with minus 8. Mm. So that's... You know, we're talking no, that's to nine fair, goals nine, difference. Yeah, nine were in one game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. on a scale of naught to nine, yeah. If you, if you get rid of that, that <laughs> one, they might be all right if they can keep that first eleven fit. They'll beat some of the teams around I, them. I think there's there's a, it's far too early in the season yeah. to start predicting yeah, it properly. Yeah, yeah. But there's always a twist, in that, and there's always someone yeah. that goes into absolute free fall, and yeah, someone yeah. that does a bit of a great escape. Yeah. So, I. I I'd be cautiously optimistic if um, I was a well, Southampton. Uh, you mentioned how Manchester City haven't been playing that well lately, but yeah. they won. Liverpool, you could argue same. the same, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, just and just last-minute winners. Yeah. And they just like Salah's not really had the great by his standards. Is not as the greatest of seasons. Firmino's not not scored that many goals recently. But there's there's always one of that front three that fires, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. And, yeah. and and Mane, I think, is the best player in the Premier League at the moment. I wouldn't he's, disagree. He's absolutely phenomenal, and that header that he scored for the winner. Uh, have you seen the picture uh, that yeah, afterwards yeah. He, got, he got booted in the face as he headed yeah. it? So deft as well. And it's almost behind him. Brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Great and the goal. cross and the cross for the uh, the equaliser was out of nothing as well. So he doesn't. If, if he's not there, they lose that game. He does have the worst hairline in the Premier League. Yes, so he does. He needs so, to shave that off immediately. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be a lot more fearsome if he did. And, yeah. um, the thing about him is he's, he's played about 900 games this year. Because his yeah. season finished on the 1st of June at the Champions League final. He went straight to the African Cup of Nations and got all the way to the final. He came back and had eight days before the start of the season. They rested him for the first game of the season. He's played every game since. Wow. He's not stopped. I think both teams have got that cliched champion's knack. Yeah. Which is, which is weird, really, because you don't really see two teams do it that often. Where yeah. it's, they're going toe-to-toe. I know City have cocked up a couple of games and six points behind, but... They're both doing very similar things. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Really you, you don't. You don't often get two teams that are this relentless. Like yeah. Yeah. often, you get a, like a good time. The good title races down the years. Like I'm thinking, the United Arsenals here. Yeah. They're, they're, it's been a comeback. They were hasn't never. It? Yeah. They were never both this good. This relentless. It was. It was two and throw one at United. Yeah, Arsenal. It was like it was 99, like, 98. And you'd win, whatever. and also you'd, you'd you'd win the league, but you'd win the league by like ninety with like ninety point, eighty eight, ninety points. But these two are capable, both capable of getting a hundred points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, even that brilliant Chelsea team from ten or so years yeah. ago under Mourinho would never a lot have broken that, that hundred point. A lot barrier. of that was because uh, the teams around those teams were better. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the city. There's a Liverpool massive sort of jump in so there. Is a goal. One, yeah, one there thing is a goal. that I will say is Liverpool aren't playing very well, but that's with their first eleven, right? right. There are no injuries in that squad, apart from Matip, who's out for a few weeks. City are currently without Laporte for most of the season. Rodri's out for another month or so. Uh, Mendy's been in and out through injury. Stones has just come back. De Bruyne is out for four weeks. Sane's out to the end of the season. Zinchenko's out for months. We're missing probably four players there who get into our starting eleven, which gives me the confidence that, yeah, we're six points behind. I don't think City need to win next week. They can't lose. Don't need to win because I think second half of the season, once players start coming back in, I think we've got gears to to really go through, which 
I wouldn't have been this confident last year, but knowing how we did towards the end of the season, when we had the the uh, squad pretty much fully mm. fit, that's when things will get decided. But it's going to be key for City not to drop any more points. A terrible question for you, Jay, as a Manchester United <laughs> fan, but if the game's a draw, that takes the title race on further. Mm. If either Liverpool or Manchester City win, does that then set the barometer for, for who will be, I hate saying this, champions in waiting? Elect. Um... I think, more... I, th- I think I think I think it's a game Liverpool can afford not to win. Yeah, I don't think City can afford to lose it. Right, if that makes sense. Because I, I think yes, I get what you're saying, Keys, with the injuries you've got. Mm. But I think for them to win, the Scousers to win would be such a boost for them. Yeah. Also, how many points are they going to drop? Not the at not the back end of the figures. season. If you start yeah, giving them yeah, yeah. A, a nine or ten point gap, you're giving yourself too much to do. Well, well that game against Aston Villa, they would have drawn that last season. Yeah, it was one of those games and, they would have just drawn. And you know yourself, I think the thing with Liverpool is they got to the Champions League final, lost, built on that, and then mm, went back yeah, and won yeah. it. They get to the title race. Therefore, let's not forget that was their first real title race since Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> and the <laughs> other know, thing so, is, though, and they've learned from that, and then they could. Gaining that little bit of experience could give him because I think that mattered for City last yeah. season. I think that experience, players like Vincent Company, for example, yeah. against Leicester, just having that bit where you sort of Silver, calm everyone down. Fernandini, yeah, we've been though. here before. We know what yeah. to do. Let's not panic. And I just think maybe Liverpool have that now. And, yeah, and I, I think one can, can one thing will further. be we'll talk about this in January because Christmas could kill Liverpool. Well, they've got the, oh, yeah, the, the World, World Club up, Championship. Yeah. All oh, that stuff. they've got three games in a week yeah. or something. Didums. Yeah. Just play the kids. Play the kids. Yeah. In the, play the kids in the League Cup. Like he, Klopp is. You know it's not like they've not got a squad as well. What they've got a squad. Up, though, is that they can't play the two games on the same day. That makes a mockery of professional football. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. They can't play League Cup game that's and ridiculous. a club. Yeah, but just play the League Cup game on a on a Thursday night. Play the youth team. Which is why this is why I even though my team Portsmouth are the current holders of the competition. It's why I despise this checker trade trophy. How can Manchester? City under 21s play on the same night as Manchester City yeah, first yeah. team and it be considered a professional the, game it's a disgrace but the, <laughs> no that's a good point the sheer, you're right the sheer arrogance of Klopp to suggest that is it doesn't sit well with me because it, how league, can they say that the Carabao Cup right okay for all it's, it's faults, a great trophy it's a great to trophy to win it's, yeah, it's, it it's degrading the in- traditions of English football by I don't know why to play on the same day I don't know why he's saying yeah, we'll just sack that cup off. He's never won an English exactly. domestic trophy. He's acting like he's Sir Alex Ferguson or yeah. something. He's never even won one. That's yeah. what I don't get. It's the arrogance of saying, we'll bin that off. We're not bothered if Villa... How about that for Villa as well? well I keep yeah. thinking, how disrespectful, how disrespectful yeah. is that to say, we're not even going to put a team out against you because we don't... We, he, we're not he's bothered. also making out like it's the first time it's ever happened. But I, I remember when you, United, United were in it. it. Yeah. And United had, it. United had to forfeit the FA Cup. United got... Loads of, do you remember love, the yeah. stick that United yeah. got for that? Yeah. But we had to do it. The government literally said to us, "We, you know, for whatever." So, just, the big one. It was the uh, yeah, the World Cup bit of two thousand and six. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Like, we'll, we'll, this will it. help us. You, you know, you can't say no to this. And, and people are like it's a disgrace. You're backing. We're not. No, no, we're not backing out. We are being told that we have to forfeit the FA Cup. One, so why is, uh, you know, is that not an option? A li- you know, and th- also why is he prioritizing the Club World Cup? Well, Gen- genuine question. He's arguing that FIFA are forcing him to no do chance. It. There's no chance. I genuinely rather than not show up, pull out, and then see what happens. Very interesting. And next week's going to be a mouth-watering game as well it's at not. Anfield. Half past four kickoff. <laughs> Liverpool against Manchester City. We look forward to that one. Uh, that's it for the first part of this show, Football Social Daily. But stick around for the second part because we'll be talking about Leicester City. We're talking about Sheffield United as well. Both sides, uh, well, in the top six, which you wouldn't have thought that maybe at the start of the season. But stick around. We'll have more for you after this. 
Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily, Premier League Review. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. My name's Niall. Alongside me in the studio, we've got Adam, we've got Pete and we have Jay. We're going to talk about Crystal Palace versus Leicester now. The game was... Boring, to be honest. Yeah. Leicester are really good. Palace are really bad. Next. Move on. <laughs> Gen- genuinely, that's how the game went. Um, well, let's talk about uh, Leicester the, more the, than the Palace. First start, the first half yeah. was a bit poor, wasn't it? It was but poor, yeah. It was, Leicester they cancelled each other out, didn't it they? It was, if if we're going to talk about Leicester in this top four, top six bracket, it's one of those games where they had to dig in defensively and they're not up against much. Don't get me wrong, Jordan Ayew up front on his own isn't going to offer you, <laughs> if, isn't going to offer you much threat. But well, he scored, he scored the winner at Old Trafford, didn't he? But, <laughs> ben uh, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mean what it used to. Yeah, no, doesn't mean what it used <laughs> so, to. It's okay. They've got Benteke and Conor yes, Wickham yeah. in reserve. Yeah, fine. they brought Benteke on as a, as like the, the savior today, and and yeah, every, every time I always forget how bad he's scoring record. I know it's bad. Is it like two in sixty yeah, games like, yeah, or something? It's, it's do, absolutely. Do you, do you think though? But the I don't know. Spent, I might be looking too much into it. With Zaha, and he's not had the greatest season. Do you think that? Maybe his teammates aren't too enamoured of him because I was watching the game and it just looks like he I know he's left. shouting at them a lot and he he's arguing. He should, he's not getting some of the passes that he was asking for, and I just wonder whether not that, you know they're not all fell out, but whether they're not been, sort of focusing on like that he feels he should do. He's been because mm-hmm. Palace have been all right this season. Yeah. He's, he's actually been all right without like scoring the goals yeah. and without the game. Old Trafford's an example. He caused yeah. a lot of problems without doing a, a, but an assist. Or a goal, he should have left, think. and that that was his opportunity to leave, yeah. and he knows that. I mean, it must be. I mean, it's no. Look, he doesn't owe Palace anything. Like, and he's he stayed there a long time, and this is he knows this this is his chance to get while his his stock is really high and clubs are interested. This was his chance, so it'd be a big blow for him. Yeah, for some, so it'd be, it would take quite a lot of getting over. But I think his team his teammates know that he's he's miles better than anyone else. Right. I, I don't I don't I don't think there's any secret that he is by far and away the best player at the club. Well, they've lost three in a row now, Crystal Palace. They're down to ninth on 15 points, which is the same as Brighton, their rivals. Yeah. Um, and just two points behind them are Manchester United and Spurs. Wolves also on 13, as are West Ham. And like we say, there are always teams that spring surprise packages. But yeah. you also mentioned. Um, clubs that drop like a stone. I think Crystal Palace will yeah. tail off, and I think it's just beginning now. I think th- the key for them is though they got the points in early. They're already on fifteen. You mean in terms of survival? Y- yeah, because I, I getting to forty. I'm points. with Pete where I think they could they could be the team that say if Zaha gets an injury, they've not got much. And they, <laughs> That's an understatement. They isn't it? <laughs> they could they could really really fall off. So they're in a bit of a precarious posi- position. I know last week they were fifth or something, but. The table this early does throw them, them teams who are a lot weaker yeah. into the uh, into the mix. into the fold. But Leicester, yeah, let's talk about Leicester. Leicester are how, how good is Chagallasuinchi? Well, he's just Harry Maguire. Like, <laughs> they, they are so similar <laughs> the yeah. way that he plays for Leicester. Big centre half, a more handsome Harry Maguire. Yeah, it's good impossible. with the ball at his feet, <laughs> good in the air. He's really, really good. But we knew when Leicester came to City back in the last season when company scored that's when I thought god these are a really good team because yeah. they that was the hardest game last season eat comfortably like yeah, they, was that, they that, put yeah, up they were brilliant. such a scrap yeah. they're a really good team they've got really good back four great keeper 
Midfield's dead solid. Vardy's in the form of his life. Ten goals now this season. He's better this season than he was when yeah. they were in the league. Oh, this is, I don't know. That's a no, bold statement. What, I think that goal scoring yeah. run, really? Yeah. What, those was consecutive, it was like eight goals, nine games, games on the trot. I think he's, and some absolute worldy goals. I think he's 12 more, games in a row. I think, I think 12, he's more rounded. Sorry, I was well off. Yeah. I think he's more rounded now. Right, okay. Fair. Um, a, lot fair it, yeah. a lot of it might help that this Leicester team is better than the Leicester team that won the league. It is. Yeah. Quality-wise, the midfield is... Really good. Madison and Tielemans in there are serious players. And do you know and who Ndidi. doesn't get? I was just going to say oh who doesn't God. get the credit. He's one of the best defensive midfielders in yeah. the Premier League. He was he was absolutely brilliant again today. Yeah. And him and him and Fabinho are, are the best holding yeah. midfielders in the I think Premier League. Rod, how much credit do you give to Leicester's recruitment team then? Because if you're looking at defensive Huge. midfielders and defenders, and they've brought through N'Golo Conte from the yeah. French second division, they've, they've now signed Ndidi. Um, there was Soyuncu well, looked like one of those Soyuncu. really bad signings. When he came in, you know, like yeah. where so you'll just buy a defender because he's big, but he's really good. I don't know where they're finding these players, but whoever's got that job. Is well, that was the, the first one that, 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 that bought Mares and Kante was David Walsh, and, it, and then he went to Everton. They spent yeah, loads yeah. of money, and he just he just got it right at that time. Steve and, Walsh. and uh, Steve Walsh, sorry, yeah, yeah. And um, but since then, they've just they've obviously learned the lessons from that time. And they've they they identify the right players, and they, like Tielemans, they were after him for a year before they got him. And they made the absolute. Bar- they made sure that they they made his signing permanent because early doors because they knew that people would be in for him. He's brilliant. Because he's player. that good. Brilliant player. Because he's that good. And they they made, they made sure that they that they got that deal done because they knew that other people would be in for him. And they just they just bought the right play. Like they haven't overloaded. Like for example, like they, uh, with Everton, they haven't overloaded in positions that they don't need to. Like they know that Vardy is their main man up front. Mm. So don't buy another front line striker. Jamie Vardy's going to be your man and buy players around him and build yeah. your team around those around. But those they've players. also said thank you very much to some players that maybe don't quite fit the bill now. For instance, I'm thinking of likes of uh, Okazaki. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was their yeah. solid squad player, but yeah. thanks for hey, who's done good, your job. Good signing, Perez. Yeah. Yeah. Really Perez, astute yeah. signing. Yeah. But a lot of it is Brendan Rodgers, who yeah. is he's just such a strange character because <laughs> his actual PR his actual personality doesn't do him any favours because he's a fantastic football manager look what he did with that Liverpool team run City all the way with what was a, a very like when you look back at it it was pretty average yeah. apart from obviously yeah, yeah. Suarez. Suarez. Suarez and stories in the form of his line but yeah. it was like yeah. the three S's at the front he's a proper yeah. coach isn't he he, yeah, yeah. he coaches the teams really well coach not a manager Sounding like Richard Pochettino. Yeah, over there, he, seem, he seems like a. a proper it's like you say though, man. and we say this. I've said this a few times. I've been on it. He has that David Brent vibe. Yeah. Yeah. we all. The, and because he's got that, you think he's not a good manager. But he, because, yeah. but if you look at his record, again, people look at Scottish football and think, oh, it's only Celtic. But mm. you can only, the record's yeah. pretty phenomenal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Won everything at, yeah, every year. You look at what got him to the Liverpool yeah. job. He obviously had a very good record for Liverpool to take a punt on him. Yeah. And then, like you say, you know, he's one game away. From, from winning the title with Liverpool. So his record is actually very good. He, and he yeah. seems to me, I say this every time it's about uh, Rodgers when I'm on this show, him and Leicester just seems like a good fit. It yeah. does. He is it a does, mean machine. Though, he's not a, a Liverpool or a United or a, a, tell you a what, manager though, like that, but someone like Leicester I seems think, perfect for him. And we were talking about this just the other day with some mates about who City get in. It's going to be Arteta after Pep. We're absolutely certain of that. There's then going to be a period where a, a big, it's going to be a big job that comes up and I bet he's in the running for it. Just the way that he plays football and mm. the style and Spurs. It, but I don't. You wouldn't leave Leicester for Spurs, would you? Not at no, this moment. Not at the moment. Well, Leicester are currently third place in Very the Premier good. League on twenty-three points. Pete, 
can they stay there? Yeah, yeah, and, and partly because everyone else is rubbish. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. It's, it's, it's it true. Yeah. I said this on the yeah. very first podcast yeah. of the season. I think people say Manchester United, and there's no chance of them finishing top four. Maybe it doesn't look like that now, but I said at the start they had a good chance yeah. because there are so many other clubs in that bracket who are all striving yeah. for the same thing that are probably on a level playing field. You look, you look at Leicester's team. How many of them get into United starting eleven? Not many. How many get into take Arsenal strike force out of there? How many? How many of um, Arsenal's back forward getting Leicester's? None, None. I'm saying all midfielders. Like you wouldn't have thought of that, and that will play. A, and Tottenham haven't have won have won away from home since January. They've got four players that don't want to be there, and, though, and, and the though, manager's not even sure if he wants to. And be those there. away wins for Spurs came against Cardiff and Fulham, yeah. who have both mm. been relegated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that just goes to show. But yeah, Leicester, I think you're right. I think they can stay there. Um, and also Chelsea, who are who are just behind them, I think they can they can stay there. It's, as well. it's it's an easy thing to say when they're in the top four and there's a big gap between that top. There's there's, there's already a six point gap between the top mm. four and the rest. But I can't see it finishing any other way because no one else. Leicester would the, the need young, injuries. Yeah, and loads that's what of I was going to say. Vardy getting injured. It's a different. I think it's a different yeah. story because then I think he's the sort of one irreplaceable player they've got. They need a bit of luck. Yeah, but no one else is season. winning any games. No, yeah, no, that, you're right. I mean, you're looking at that eleven. Yeah, it's there's no weaknesses there. No. I'm not I'm just saying that. Oh, that's a that they need. Yeah. A, you know, I'm not just thinking now. about Leicester. It is. I think it is more that everyone else is underperforming. Yeah, and yeah. I can't see. I mean, I can't see. I certainly can't see United turning things around at all. Arsenal could, yeah. but it's Arsenal. There's always there's always something it's the that can go power. wrong. Up front's and good with Arsenal. It's just at yeah. the back that they're worried about. Goal um, difference yeah. of plus one. Um, what about Chelsea then? Leicester, they won 2-0 against Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park on Sunday. Good win for them. But Watford uh, hosted Chelsea at Vicarage Road. They lost 2-1 to Chelsea, who with that victory won their seventh consecutive away game, which is a <laughs> Chelsea club record. Yeah. So Frank Lampard's doing really good things uh, over at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> well, be careful when you start breaking club records for yeah, away yeah, wins yeah. As, a, yeah. as, a, as a legend returning to a club. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Can end in tears. Where have we seen that before? Yeah. yeah. But the, the thing with Chelsea, I, I think thing, I, I was wrong. At the, start, at the start of the season, I thought they'd really struggle. But I didn't, I didn't realise how good these young players are that they've got. And they're, they're in good shape, Chelsea. Mm. And... I this is bold. This is bold statement. But Callum Hudson Odoi can be, can be as good as Raheem Sterling. I agree. Yeah. I he's agree. Abso- he's sort of absolutely. Well. He has absolutely everything. Yeah. And as long as he as he gets games, which he will. And so last, last week, for example, he um he gets he 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 doesn't start. They bring in Pulisic. And he scores a hat trick. Yeah. And you've got those two for ro- rotating for one position. You've got William on the other side. But I mean, after his comeback from injury, Hudson Odoi came in and got an assist like yeah. within the first ten minutes of it's coming just, off the bench. You've got Ruben Loftus Cheek to come back yeah, in. They've yeah. they've they've got some and and Tamori's look Tamori is the one that's really surprised me because I thought, oh, it's just it's I Lampard trying to prove a point. Yeah, yeah, I think he's trying to prove a point and play the young players. Um, but he's absolutely he's he's look, he's looked at home in the Premier League. Uh, he's as been good their best as he defender was. this yeah, season. Yes, yeah. as good uh, as good as he was. Um, last season for, uh, for Derby, um, it, Mason just, Mount's been excellent as well, which yeah. is which is which has surprised many as well. It's just all the everything's just sort of gelling at the moment. It's going really well. It's got that feel good. Yeah. They're fearless as well. Yeah. Totally fit. Yeah. Lampard's well, what, fearless. What have they got, got to lose? Nothing to lose. No, exactly. no. no pressure. The first time we've ever seen a Chelsea team since the takeover with no pressure on a manager. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it's working. Like you say, the the players seem to like him. They like the style of football they're playing, and. 
they're actually good to watch. This Chelsea team. Well, it's, it's always a thing with Chelsea. Isn't it? They always, always Find fall on the feet. Yeah. You, you, how many times have we written off Chelsea and it's like, mm. oh, Mourinho's going back there. That's the ending says, and he wins the title. Yeah. Or, or they've took a punt on Conte, he wins the title. Yeah. Or there's always that thing. Or oh, Di Matteo's coming and he wins the Champions League. They've got it's a, just so, <laughs> got a honestly, ban. I've never known. It. Yeah, and they get a transfer ban. All that's the end of Chelsea, and then Top Lampard four. comes in and all these yeah, young yeah. players, and all of a sudden the, 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 the other the thing on all cylinders. And I said this on the podcast last week and got slated for it, but Lampard's, in a very weird way, just not many people are saying, oh, I hate Chelsea now. You know, like, he's almost made them like quite He's a very likeable guy. He's he one is. of my favourite ever players in yeah. the Premier League that I've ever seen. And just, he's a, he must be quite a good manager. A lot it's of respect working. for him. Yeah, he's, he's, it's, obviously it's a good fit for him. And I think there's still question marks there. We'll see what happens when he has, got, starts having I've that rocky... It's time pressure, match. isn't it? It's how does he deal with because pressure? It depends how it's going to come in what form the pressure actually comes. Because I think I've got a lot of time for Lampard in that this was a really bold choice to go to Chelsea. He's on, only been at Derby. He's no, going no back. brainer, wasn't it? But well, I, going, I, I, I think it was it a bold? free hit. It was yeah, a free hit for him. Of, no yeah, brainer. with the transfer ban, how many he might not come up again as well. It's just, it's just right. the timing of it. And I know it yeah. was only one season at Derby before moving to Chelsea, but there's no better time for Lampard to and have moved. He's not playing Giroud. Pedro and he no, could no. he could quite easily be quite lazy with that Chelsea team yeah. and just put out All the hippie, tried and yeah. tested mm. but he's just gone no nope, he's stuck to his guns as well yeah. I do admire the way because people forget Chelsea have been a bit patchy this season oh they're yeah, on this wonderful yeah. away but they have lost a few games and at the beginning people were like you know they lost for an old Trafford yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were struggling for points and people say mm, is you know is he getting yeah. this right? But he didn't panic. Like you say, he didn't yeah. say, all oh, right, well, I'm playing Giroud, I'll play Pedro, I'll play William. He said, right, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to keep with Abraham and Mount and the rest of it. And it's working for him. Mm. Pulisic scored again, Pete. Um, yeah. I was just wondering maybe about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whether he was going to be a Chelsea flop, a famous yeah. Chelsea flop. He, they paid, what did they pay? 57 yeah. million for him or something the, like that. And he scored a hat-trick and he scored again this yeah. week. It, is it just starting to click for him, starting to fall into place? Well, I was, I was speaking to our... Chelsea guy about this and he was saying that Lampard wasn't happy with the way that he was training and he 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 felt that he took longer than he should have done to come back from his injury right and that's why I don't know if you saw like Lampard's press conferences sort of when he was asking about Pulisic and they were looking and he was getting a bit narky about it because he was a bit he was a bit like like why are you asking me about this again like you know he's just not ready he's just yeah. not ready kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. and he was a bit annoyed about it All's well, all's well yeah. now, isn't it? He comes in, he comes in and, sc- and scores four goals in two games, and he looks really good as well. But he's also it's a lot of pressure on him because you've got a whole country that's just, just that's he, just getting really into into he's soccer. The, um, American sweetheart, yeah, isn't yeah. He? yeah. And he's he's the best that you know. All Americans say that he's the best player they've ever had, yeah. and that's a lot of pressure. And they're they're Premier League mad in America now. Yeah. You can watch every single Premier League game on a Saturday on in, in America, and they're they're, they're they're mad mm. and for it, for, mad for it. Oh, go on. <laughs> yeah, 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 kid. Uh, yeah, kid. <laughs> um, and they and now, the, but they're all watching him. Everyone's watching him. So it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure on on, uh, on young man's shoulders. 
New big, club, new country. Big marketing element for Chelsea yeah, it, yeah. as well, isn't there, obviously. But, I mean, Jadon Sancho was keeping him out of the team at Dortmund yeah. um, for most of last season. Then he had this injury, but he's come back yeah. and he's he started to hit his uh, straps in the Premier League, which is good news for Chelsea and for Frank Lampard. They're also on 23 points, as are Leicester. Leicester in third, Chelsea in fourth. Next up for Chelsea, Crystal Palace. Meanwhile, next up for Leicester is Arsenal. Um, OK, next up, we're going to go to um, the South Coast, to Bournemouth. Um, our sixth game that we're do covering we have, in this podcast, <laughs> ironically. Um, we not move swiftly on. Bournemouth won Manchester United nil. Thoughts, In the least shocking result of the season. I think the, 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 the problem I have as, as a United fan is that I've just allowed myself to start thinking, maybe nope. after the partisan Norwich and Chelsea win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first two you can sort of dismiss, but the Chelsea win, okay, it was in the cup, but you think maybe there's something there we can start to build some momentum. And then it's sort of back to type, really, what has been our MO for the last, well, since the back end of last season, being this season, especially away from home. Can't get a run together. Our away form is shocking. And our points total under Ollie isn't great. And it's now, you know, the serious questions being asked. Because mm-hmm. you look at the teams we've we've lost and we've dropped points to this season. Wolves, Southampton, West Ham, Newcastle, Palace. and that Palace. I almost forgot that. Palace, yeah, thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Um, and Bournemouth. <laughs> Anytime. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it's United not good have enough. But, lost more games than they've won this season. Yeah, but but you say those teams, but you did beat Leicester, you did draw with Liverpool, and we Chelsea. beat Chelsea, and, and, as well. and you beat Chelsea. Yeah, and my argument, would, my argument would be Manchester United at this moment in time are a better team when the other side have bags of possession, yeah. when the other side are in control of the game. And the and the example I bring to sort of prove this point, or at least try to, is the game against Newcastle United at St James's Park. Manchester United had all of the possession. All of the ball, but no ideas. Couldn't, couldn't find a way through, and it, they weren't sucker punched by Newcastle. No, no but ideas. They, they conceded, I mean, and whereas you look at the the reverse of that, the Leicester game, where Leicester had more possession at Old Trafford, you look at the game against Liverpool, where apart from the first fifteen minutes, arguably Liverpool had control of that game, and then Manchester United on the break with the pace of James, with the likes of Rashford and Martial, they just seem a better team when they're not in possession of the ball, which is almost the reverse of what we expect mm. of Manchester United. You normally expect them to dominate possession and win the game two or three nil. I mean, yeah, I get where you're coming from. I mean, the, the, the biggest thing United is just the lack of goals as well. I mean, we've, we've scored more than one goal, I think, once this season, or twice this twice, season. Yeah. yeah, which is just ridiculous. And I, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but... For all Romelu Lukaku's faults, even going back to the likes of Fellaini and Sanchez, they had a, you know they scored a lot of Premier League goals. Those three players between them, Fernando Herrera scored Premier League goals. You're taking them all out of the side. That's fair enough. But we've not replaced them. What you've taken out what two hundred two hundred Premier League goals. You've not replaced it. And you look at going back to the Bournemouth game. Um, Andres Pereira wasn't really doing anything. He brings him off. Who's he bring on? Lingard. How many yeah. goals has Lingard got in the last? I, I, that was a guess, by the way. How many goals has Lingard got got in the last year? None. None. How many assists has he got? One. One. Now I, I've stuck up with Jesse Lingard. I like him as a squad player, but is he the man to bring on when you're chasing the game? Who's our other option we bring on? Eighteen-year-old Mason Greenwood. Again, I'm a big fan of Greenwood. He, Came hit, the on, po- he hit the post. Hit the post, yeah. and I like him, and I think he's going to be a future star. Mm-hmm. But this is Manchester United Football Club, and you're bringing on a player who's not scored for a year and an 18-year-old to rescue a point that you, you know is would have been stopped. Uh, what a third successive or third mm. away defeat in in last four or whatever it is. It's just not good enough. P- picking up on the Lukaku thing, Lukaku's got nine goals for Inter in eleven Serie A games. Um, two mm. and in since his debut, he's got more. Goal, league goal, two more league goals than United have scored as a team. That's mad in that in that space of time. Well, I said I said Lukaku would score thirty goals in seven. Yeah, he's look. It, it, I get it. I get fit. it that he wasn't quite what 
United wanted him to be. But he did score but goals. You, he scored goals. You can't sell 25... I mean, 25 goals isn't a bad return. That was what he got in all comps last season. 25 goals. And, and by all accounts, he didn't have a great season. And he didn't have a great season. Oh. And the season before, he wasn't that good, but he still got 24 goals. So you can't sell that and not bring anything in. You just can't. You exactly. just cannot do it. He looks it the wrong way, United, because the trouble with Lukaku is, from a fan's perspective, when he left, there's a big party that thinks, well, he wasn't that great because yeah, you yeah. watch him week in, week out, and when he was, he won and those he got players. good money for him. As yeah, well. he got good money, and when he was bad, he was almost embarrassing. We've all seen the memes and the yeah, videos yeah, and yeah. the Benny Hill music and all that nonsense. <laughs> but he, you know, his touch was shocking at times, and you think, oh well, good riddance almost. But yeah, if you're going to bring in a top quality striker, you're going to replace like for like and go and spend the 75 million on another striker. But to not bring anyone in is just madness, and to yeah. hope that Marcus Rashford whose best ever Premier League season, I think, has returned 12 goals. Mm. Anthony Martial, whose best ever Premier League season was his debut season, if memory serves, three years ago or four years ago. To hope that those two are going to replace Lukaku's goal between them, it's just wishful thinking. It really is. And I've been guilty of it myself. I've been like, oh, they'll step up. But it's hope rather than expectation. Are there big elements of frustration in that in terms of you know that you should be doing better as a football club? You know that Lukaku should probably be doing better individually. So it's almost like the frustration is really sort of centralised towards those players you know can change the game. Is that just a natural thing for a, a British football fan to do? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think the worst problem United have got is that midfield is embarrassing. Like this is from an outside point of view. Outside. That, that well, yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's very biased point of view. But, <laughs> but that is, that's like mid-table well, fan I mean, midfield. Okay, I know you... that Pogba's not, not in there and when he is... It's obviously a much better midfield. Well, let's go through the teams then, Adam. There's no creativity. Let's go through the teams. None. So they're not better than Liverpool's <laughs> midfield. They're not better oh, than United. Oh, this is top. City, they're not better than City's Leicester. Leicester. No. Chelsea. No. no. Arsenal. No. no. Sheffield United. No. I don't know enough about it, but probably not. <laughs> Bournemouth. Oh, maybe. Brighton. But you're in that Palace. territory now. We are, we are, you are in the territory. Where, all right, let's not let's not get too, let's it. not get too carried away. Let's uh, let's have a bit of calm. But we're we're down in the territory of is it better than Wolves and West Ham's midfield? Yeah, and you, I mean, West Ham aren't playing particularly not well Wolves. at the minute. And you look at you look at their individual players. Yeah, you look at Wolves. You look at Jao Moutinho. Ruben walk Neves straight in. Walk and straight Jao in. Moutinho, those two. Walk straight in. They're both them are better. Andreas Pereira. And both better than Fred, so they. But there you go. There you go. They walked two the, out of the three. The issue United are going to have now, and you can see it coming a mile off, is panic. There's going to be. It's, I bet you United are going to have to go massive on a player in in January. I think there's talk of Manzuki, you know, which uh, just gambles. Which I mean, it's term, weird because he's not fix. prolific. Exactly. He's you know he'll he's get thirty three. He's thirty three, and I think he's you know he's he scored ten goals in all competitions the last two seasons around that mark. And I mean, is he the answer? Probably not. Can we sort of ride this out and get to a point where in the summer we go again properly? It's in a vicious circle, though. I, I'm not sure. It's needing weird. to buy, needing to buy. And the, the players out there don't exist. It's, it's weird as well because, you know, going back to what no. you said originally, Niall, you were saying United are better when we don't have the ball and or, you know, when, when we're up against it. Mm. The other week, I thought Amidfield did really well against Liverpool. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I they, thought they did. They I thought did Fred a job. had one of his best ever games. I thought McTominay, and again, building on that, I know it's the cup, but Chelsea, McTominay had a great game. Mm. I do like but, McTominay. But it's, it's, it's an average midfielder, if I'm being honest, yeah. without Pogba in there. And also, when you're playing a lot of games and using the same midfielders, which we have been doing, it's not great. It's, but, and you're having to bring in like eight, 90, 18 year old Jimmy Garner to play yeah. in Europa. It's short termism, though. Yeah, it is. All it's, of it. It's, it's a very, very sort of threadbare spot. Paper over the cracks for now. We we've, again, like Lukaku, we've sold Herrera, we've sold Fellaini. Mm. 
Herrera, I was gutted to see him leave. I think with Fellaini left, everyone was a bit like, okay, he's not... Yeah, but again. you have to bring someone in. Exactly. Yeah. And we haven't. You know, yeah. we're, we're asking Jimmy Garner or someone to step in. We're asking Pereira, after three or four years of inconsistency, of flattering to deceive a little bit, to step up. And he's he's sort yeah. of doing but not really. So it's just not good enough. It's just... Yeah, I think yeah, I think United are just very predictable now, and that result wasn't. No one no, was like, "Oh my I, god!" I, United I wasn't lost. particularly shocked. Josh King, the scourge of Manchester United again, the former United player who was actually scouted by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, um, the Norwegian, scored the goal to to beat Manchester United one nil. Bournemouth had uh, drawn their last two games nil nil. I think it was their first goal in something like over three hundred Premier League minutes or something. Yeah, three and a three and a half hours. Uh, uh, three hundred and fifty minutes it was. Yes, yeah, r- ridiculous uh, statistic. United's goal um, difference is one, by the way. Well, same as Bournemouth, which pl- is plus not one. same as Bournemouth plus one. Uh, Sixteen points, Bournemouth in seventh place. What, what what do you say about Bournemouth and Eddie Howe? Steady. They just they just are what they are, aren't they? Steady, just Eddie. Steady. I can't see them cracking the the, the I'm, Europa League I'm spots. Also, I'm also. I can't see them going down. I'm not buying now that the punching above the the weight. I've never bought anymore. into this anyway because they I spend don't money. Get that. They, they spend, spend money. They've spent money well, and they've got a really good side that's mid table. There are probably a few signings off uh, breaking into Europa League, but they're just very steady. Howe's done a very good job. They're good to watch. You know what you're going to get from them. They're not. They're not going to do anything really. They're Eddie, not going Eddie, down. They're not. Eddie Howe did quite an interesting interview in the week where he basically said, "We just shop in a different market." Yeah, we yeah, we identify. He says they young can only players. afford championship players yeah. to develop them. That's what and he says. we we, we identify young players early, and if there's potential, then we'll we'll take a punt on them, mm. like Ryan and, Fraser. And yeah, and because David Brooks and he said like sometimes he, he things he said sometimes it won't work. Yeah, uh, because oh, look at Jordan Ibe, that yeah. never works. Yeah, sometimes yeah. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it won't work. Solanke, but that's the in still. the in the market yeah. that they're in. That's. He said, "Sometimes you win, sometimes you like, lose." Look at Aki; he's he's going to end up leaving there for fifty million quid. Yeah. We've got Ramsdale, so. Mark Travers, uh, two goalkeepers there that are, that are quite young goalkeepers. Youngest, youngest uh, first eleven in the Premier League. Yeah, Bournemouth fans age. must just have a good time because the <laughs> they shouldn't they, be there they, they play good accounts. football. I don't want to disrespect them as a. As it's a, a nice day out. Nice day yeah, out down is, there. It's a lovely Park day. outside the front door. Yeah, they they want to be. Parking. They want to be more yeah, than yeah. that though. But as as long as their stadium holds eleven thousand, and as long as they're in the Premier League, they're always going to be that club that's punching above their weight what i will say is the project they've got going on down there it's the facilities good. the new training ground they're building it's phenomenal they're, so they're a really good club I'm, I'm sure that they'll be looking to progress in the future absolutely um mm. arsenal though how will they progress will they progress with unai emery as their manager pierre emerick Aubameyang, the goal machine that is Aubameyang on the score sheet again for arsenal uh but raul jimenez managed to equalize for wolves the game finished 1-1 at the emirates stadium but there's just something not quite right between the Arsenal fans and Unai Emery, Jake. Oh, do you know what, on? right? I'm this, bored. This, this, this does my head in because I work for a fan channel and we all get tired of the same brush as the Arsenal fan channel, which we all know about. Yeah, um, yeah you talk about Arsenal fans and Unai Emery. I think half them revel in the fact when the manager's doing badly yeah. because it just seems nothing more than moaning. And what the problem for Arsenal is now, the players are buying into it. Bit of screen the, time, you mean? Yeah, well, the players have started liking posts that are critical of him. I think Lacazette and Aubameyang were at it on Instagram. And it just looks like the, the lunatics are taking over the asylum. And if you've got players who are publicly undermining your manager, it's over. Game over. It is it's over. over for him anyway. Yeah, it's over. I mean, at least, listen, United are going through all sorts of trouble. Everton are going through all sorts of trouble. But by and large, the players are keeping a sort of unified front. At Arsenal, it's, in, it's, it's, it's a mess. In I mean, general, what I will say, big clubs tend to keep their cards close to their chest in terms of the goings-on within the, yeah. the inner sanctum. It's like a soap, Manchester, Manchester United were... 
the experts at it under Sir mm. Alex. If he didn't like a journo, he would just ban him. Yeah. That's just how it worked. Why is it then that with Arsenal at this moment in time, who are a very big club in terms of English football, why is it we always seem to find out through the press about what's going on inside the dressing room at the Emirates? There seems to be either a lot of moles inside the changing room. For instance, Emery asking the players to have a vote on who should be the captain and things like that. That's not the sort of thing that should be coming out. That's not the the sort of thing that should be out there into the wider world. Maybe he's just openly saying these things, but it's a really strange concept for Emery to do that. I think you've got players there, though, that don't care, do they? No. Do you think Mesut Ozil cares if he leaks a story or if someone finds out? Granite Zachary, who's the captain, does he care anymore if a story gets leaked? I that, don't think he that does. That club needs basically a reboot and it needed it. Emery kind of started it with some of the players that they brought brought in with. Gwen Doozy, who I really like. Yeah. Aubameyang, Lacazette. There's a bit of it going on. They're a good team though, Adam. They're, not, then, they're not a bad football team. No. They only lost two games. But then you bring in a David Luiz. One of them was at Anfield, wasn't it? Yeah. You bring in a David Luiz and you think... I didn't mind that sound. I mean, eight million, eight million pound for a proven Premier League. Isn't he? I think. I think the bigger gamble was, very this, was the seventy-two million pound on Pepe, Pepe where everyone's yeah. raving about. But I'm still a bit. I, like, I quite mm. like that as a gamble though, because he was obviously well sought after, and Arsenal finally got a player who everyone else wanted. But the whole club, like you say, the fans, not this is not the whole of the Arsenal fans, but the public facing Arsenal fans. They just make a mockery of their own club. A lot. Well, a lot of people saw they this like coming it. with with Emery as well in the fact that. He just has no authority. No. Like, so at, at PSG, a lot of his players were taking the mickey out of him behind his back, and the same's happening at Arsenal. Yeah, jokes at the Did training publicly ground, the players winding yeah. him up and stuff. But liking people's posts about Emery out. He just, yeah, he just, he just, have, I just has, I just doesn't have that aura of a man that... I don't, I, I don't buy into this, that you know everyone needs to be a Fergie, everyone needs to be a yeah. hairdryer kind of thing, but you do need to have some kind of authority, and he just doesn't have I also, there, there was a story, like you said, that came out where... Um, the players openly take the take the Mickey out of Unai Emery, yeah. and they sort of he's the butt of all of their jokes to the point where sometimes it gets uncomfortable for those who actually work at the club and they're thinking, really, should it this was, be happening? Was... Are those liking of those Instagram posts? Is that not just an enhancement of that? Or that'd be funny if we like the boss out well, on how Instagram. How would the club go up with it? What Pete's saying, he's got no authority. We yeah. saw it when Moyes was at United. There was these stories about Steve Round. Yeah, Jimmy Lumsden and Steve yeah. Round, and apparently Steve Round amongst the players was a figure of fun. They, did, they had a nickname for him that yeah, wasn't yeah. great and it became sort of public knowledge that he was just considered to be this sort of buffoon who didn't know what he was doing. And I think the problem now they've got with Emery is not got that... If you're not going to have the authority, then you need to command the respect at least or mm. the, the like of your players where they, they mm. like you enough to not let that happen. And at the moment, the players are just... They don't respect him. They're it not says scared a lot about the players. And they don't like him enough to, 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 to sort of circle the wagons around yeah, him. Yeah. It says, yeah. says a lot about the players. Is he going to get sacked though, do you think? Yeah. Oh no, if I'm him, I'm walking. Just bin it. I think that'd be the payoff. There's the only reason yeah. he's not done that. But I think um, here, there's two parts to to this point. This is actually breaking news. Um, they could they could do much worse than Mourinho, and it's ridiculous to say. Someone who has the authority, someone who's going to get hold of the club and just go, look, right, I'm not having this. Players, if if you do that to me, you're out. Someone needs to do that. However, Bayern Munich have just sat Kovac with Mourinho as like one to 33 favourites go there. Mourinho's Marine, 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 not going to go to the Emirates unless you can give him a £300 million budget or something he, like that and they won't. They Marine, won't the money he needs. It's someone like Mourinho that they need, yeah. whether it's, you know, just someone who, who's a bit of a, a tough nut. He's been learning just, German as well, Mourinho. Yeah, he's, I think he's. I think it's that's fact. It's, I, I think it's done. Fact. I think it is done. It's, it's someone like someone like Jose. It's what challenge have you not had yet? And mm. Bayern Munich's one of the only the few ones, isn't it? That he can yeah. do. And but now, with 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 Arsenal, I think 
I don't think a Jose is a good idea. I think you, if you're going to have a reboot, try something else. But when you've had a manager for like 20 odd years, like Arsene Wenger, yeah. and you get a new guy come in, Arsenal aren't that much worse off now than they were under Wenger. So what's the get difference? Ven- get Wenger back in. There's, He's still well, available, there's, isn't he? there's He's also talk that it's, it could be Mourinho or Wenger. Mm. This, this is why Arsenal uh, are just a laughing stock. Why are we talking about it, Wenger it, coming it, back to Arsenal? It, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, though, is it that bad of a laughing stock for Wenger to go back there? He's no. not that old. He's never what, is he 63 back. or something? He's never going to go back he's, because of he's what still, happened. I know, but I don't know if it, is, it would be Maybe that it's a disastrous. temporary thing. Yeah, if he came in to the end of the season... Is that really making well, a laughing stock? Well, if they're going to give it anyone to the end of the season, Young they get it for, give it Freddie Lundberg, mm, wouldn't they? Yeah. The end or, of the he is very highly rated there. So Wenger's seventy. Oh, he's sorry. I thought he was sixty-three. <laughs> I don't know where that from. <laughs> Plucking numbers out. Well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Seven, all right, then maybe, cream. maybe. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think maybe. Arsenal just need a change of tact. Maybe all they okay. need is some new players, a new manager, and some maybe some new fans. <laughs> and I think they'll have a real good basis yeah, yeah, yeah. for maybe a football another club. atmospheric yeah. stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Wolves, though, after a, after a shaky start, Wolves are still plugging away. They're sort of comfortably mid-table now. Fine. Um, is it going to stay that way? That's, yeah, that's what yeah. I think. As long because as I, Europa think, I think Europa, yeah. they'll go all out for. I, I just um, love the way you ask Keezy a question. It's one word answers. How did he play? Very well. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, because, <laughs> is it gonna, it's yeah. because, and this is absolutely no offence to Wolves, who are a very well-run club and have very, got a very good side. Last year, they were pretty exciting. I think this year, because they're doing so well in Europa. They seem a bit drained. They're very patchy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, beat City... They, yeah, they are the sort of club who will beat City and then lose to Like we were saying before about it's not a scalp to get anything off United now. It's not really a scalp to get anything off Arsenal no. either, is no. it? And yeah, that that game screamed draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. we said it on the preview that it's that's just a draw. Yeah. Talking of patchy, what about West Ham United? Oh. In trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Newcastle haven't scored more than two goals all season. And they were two goals up. In, in Did you within... see that first half? Oh, goodness. They absolutely... Mad. It could have been... Se- it could literally could have been seven. If Newcastle could finish... It, it would it would have been six 0 at half time. Two headers they to make it the first two. There was no like there was like um, um, the Almiron at one point just he literally ran in a straight line from the halfway line and and the West Ham defense just parted and they weren't even following anyone. I don't I, I have no idea what they were doing. I'm just and, I'm just googling how old Pablo Zabaleta is now. Thirty four. I'm gonna well, say. Well, Sam Maximin made him. Look oh, 84. he skinned him alive. He made he? him look about hundred and four. Yeah. The this, amount of times he just burned past him was I think embarrassing. West Ham very like Everton. Fans got very excited. These new signings, good signings, they seemed. Haller's done a West Ham striker thing and just <laughs> looks, the, off looks the boil. great, but goes off the boil after his first game. The they're a weird team, and a, a lot of it. So Pellegrini's going to. There's going to be questions about his job very soon. If there, there is already, but surprises me that I actually thought he was. A good he's a very good them. manager, he but is, this this honest. is very Pellegrini. 2015 at City. What he's saying after the game yesterday, saying I don't know what went wrong. Well, they're a bit. They've been abysmal for the last three yeah, games. They Everton played him off the park he, he a couple did of this, weeks ago. He did it at City, where he'll sort of like just start being. Oh, I don't know what to do. And it all becomes a little bit wet and a bit like, it just doesn't look like there's anything there. You want him to grab it by the scruff of the neck. Which he which he can do, because he can get very angry and <laughs> very... wet. It's just a bit like damp squib, isn't it? Yeah. Just like, oh, we just lost 3-2 to Newcastle. Where did it go wrong, Manuel? I don't know. Well, I, I'm just, I'm looking at their squad and at the, the start of the season, we I think we were talking about this on a, another podcast now, and the fact that it is a good squad, yeah. but then you get down to the bottom. 
And if if Sebastian Lerner doesn't fire, there isn't anyone else. No. They haven't they haven't got another frontline striker. And he's not. And play, he started well, but he's yeah. just fall, he's just fallen off the face of the earth. Playing Zabaleta. looks like he's never met his teammates. Yeah, 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 yeah but yeah. he looks like there's something there with him. Um, but, yeah. but Pellegrini playing Zabaleta ahead of Fredericks against Saint yeah, Maximin. Yeah, that's silly. Is yeah. classic. That was clueless of him. It's that's terrible. That's clueless. It's really bad. And um, then not pulling him onto the bench after. Uh, the first 10 minutes. Great, they? great win for Newcastle and they got the, the start in that they wanted. They got the first half yeah. pretty yeah. much the Do game you know wrapped what? up They're... but they conceded two. Yeah. It finished 3-2 in the end to Newcastle. That flattered West Ham though. But, yeah. but, but yeah, that did flatter West Ham. I, but, I, think... but, I mean, is that concern, sign of cause of concern for Steve Bruce in that situation I'm... where they've 3-0 up and they're still, you still, I, even though like you say they could have been 6-0 up, I still felt Unless it's four or five, West Ham is still in this I'm, game. I am weirdly quite impressed with uh, Steve Bruce. Uh, just the job that he's doing. He's grinding out the odd result. Yeah, they're getting slapped every other week, <laughs> but they're getting the odd win. And even last season, they struggled to do that. Just to get that that win. Last season, they probably wouldn't have won that game. They somehow you know what I think, though, under, under Benitez last season, they were sort of, a yeah. well-oiled machine, shall we yeah. say, that perhaps punched a little bit above the weight in terms of the quality they had yeah. and where they finished. I think with Bruce, again, it's almost like a little bit like Rogers in the sense of sometimes he's a figure of not fun, but yeah. all this old manager who's out of touch and isn't fitting, fitting with the modern ethos of what you expect from a manager. Okay. He's done the rounds. He's been at about a, a dozen clubs. Yeah. But him and Newcastle could be a good fit. I think if he can get the fans on board mm. with him, he's a local guy. But- He's got some local players as well. You know, you've got the, the Longstaff. Longstaff brothers. And yeah. if he can just sort of get that right and get sort of everyone singing from the same song sheet, then St. James can yeah. be a real difficult a, ground a to go to. Wins. And that couldn't really help him. A couple more wins and they'll be in decent shape. The yeah, issue well. they've got is goals. Yeah. They've scored nine and three of them three of them were this weekend. Yeah. That's an issue. It was. I, I didn't rate when he booked Zillington. I thought that was a bit of a... What yeah. was it? Seven a, goals last season for Hoffenheim? Stab in the dark. Yeah, and I thought, has he done anything to prove that... No. He's going to come into a side and be your main striker, get you loads of goals. You mentioned Almir on then. Is he scored yet? Has he no, got well, no? he had a scored? great chance yeah. to score. Both him and St. Maximin yeah. had unbelievable <laughs> oh, chances got, to I score. I mean, what's that been now? For the first half an hour. At least it's, 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 that's, that's got to worry. I, I think Newcastle fans love Almiron, but he has to score. <laughs> you got yeah. We've got yeah. Newcastle fans on this podcast throughout the week. And they love him, and they won't have a bad word said about him. He runs his Why? socks off, but he, but doesn't, he doesn't do anything. Score yeah. or assist. He, he needs to great. do something. He's a one of club those record forward, and he hasn't scored yet. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's one of those players who looks really good. Yeah, yeah. he looks great when he's got the ball, it's and he, not quite there he runs yet, yeah. really hard. But come on, he always looks to me like the sort of player that a defender wouldn't be that scared of playing against. It's you. It's because he runs like, at yeah, you, and then I'll just for a shoot, thinks. I'll turn around. Yeah, it is very, it's very sort of strange. The, the, but, uh, uh, the seven the seven points of the last fifteen available uh, for Newcastle. Those only two defeats in that time. They came against Leicester, where they lost five 0 All they need to and do Chelsea. So is stay up. They're doing all right. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they're going about it the right way. They just need to get it's it's beating the sides around them that they're going to need to do. It's not beating West Ham because I don't think West Ham are going to be in that that relegation battle. Actually, Watford, Norwich, teams like that that they really need to to get the. Better off. Yeah, that game finished West Ham 2, Newcastle United 3. Just a couple more games to talk about then. Uh, let's go to Sheffield United, where at Bramall Lane, the score's 3 0. They beat Burnley by three goals to nil. Chris Wilde will be delighted because that sees his blade side up to sixth place my, in yeah. the Premier League table. My Sheffield United um, fan co- uh, mate will tell you that if you, watched, if you watched them in the Championship last season, this is no surprise. Yeah. 
We're just we were just very ignorant. We was very we was very ignorant because this they are playing they are playing the same football as they did last year with the same players, and they play a really good system. It's just I, it's I, so it showed slick. it showed how, to, how out of touch Pellegrini is as well. Did you? I don't know if you saw his quotes before yeah, the game. We talked about it last week, last yeah. weekend when he when he said, "Oh, we're British. getting we're getting ready, you know, we're getting ready for long balls." Like, hold on a sec, have you what? I mean, have you seen yeah. them? Oh, everyone thinks because Chris Wilder is. Of English. over fifty years old, yeah. English, and was managing in the championship. That he's just a, a tub thumping long ball up the top yeah. sort of manager. It They're so be, slick. It couldn't be. They can play like that, Sheffield United. Trust yeah. me. If they want to, they can. But they it, don't play that sort the, of football. That's not it, their stock. That's not their type. It's the Bournemouth. It's the Bournemouth approach of continuity as yes. well, and just sticking, just sticking with the players that serve them so well and know the system. Because Chris Wilder plays quite an intricate system. Of we've, we've all talked about these overlapping centre backs. And he, not many teams will play this and not many teams will have faced this. So who better to use than the, t- the players that played 40 games last season doing the same thing? Yes, it's against better opposition, but if you're playing against opponents that don't know you're going to be doing this, haven't seen you before, then it's going to be successful. And, and also, it's, it's going back to that sort of old principle of making yourselves hard to beat. They've got the, second, they've got the joint best defensive record in the Premier League. Um, there was some irony in them beating Burnley this weekend in that... They're a bit similar to how Burnley were. Not the style of football that they play, but they're just winning games. They're winning a lot of games. And remember when Burnley finished, what was it, seventh? Oh, that seventh season? Eighth, yeah. It was a very when they similar got into the Europe, yeah. yeah, it was a very similar thing where no one's actually expecting them to win the game, but then when they do, you don't Sheffield United winning a game now is not a huge surprise, but it's not it just was at the start of the season. It's the nature of the win as well, you know. Obviously, that was a Battering. pretty emphatic win. And and it, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm also a bit jealous of Sheffield United fans. Yeah. As a United fan, a Manchester United fan, I'm sat here and I'm thinking, they're playing good football. They've got sort of players that the, the, the fans are connected with and the manager that everyone's buying into and everyone yeah. believes in who's, who's proven himself and, and what he's doing and he's yeah. a bit of a character well, as they well. Love, they love him as well. Yeah, local, they love him. And it's, he's it, a fan, isn't he? Yeah, there's a lot going on there that you can admire and, and from where we are at the minute, I'm sort of looking at him yeah. with a bit of a mm. bit of envy. Think, well, if you look at the last five games, so obviously 3-0 against Burnley, they drew 1-1 with West Ham, they beat Arsenal 1-0. They should have got they a point against nil, Liverpool. They drew 0-0 well, yeah, yeah. and then obviously the 1-0 loss to Liverpool was when Dean Henderson let the ball through his legs. So it's the only mistake that he's made all season. Sheffield, yeah. Sheffield United Typically. look in really, really good shape. Um, as, for, good. as for Burnley, they just do what Burnley do. They're getting worse spell. at doing what Burnley do. Then. Have a good spell, have a bad spell. They'll have a good spell again. They'll be, fine. They'll be all right, I think, in the yeah. end. Final game to talk about then uh, was uh, Norwich against Brighton. It was Brighton, obviously, at the Amex Stadium looking to get another victory, and that's exactly what they did get, a 2-0 win over Norwich. Now, after Norwich beat Manchester City three goals to two at Carrow Road, everyone said, oh, they're going to stay up. No. Because that's no. just the knee-jerk thing to say, isn't it? It's it, yeah. That was the most typical thing that was ever going to happen. They were going to... Well, the truth is they've been rubbish ever since then. They were going to win <laughs> one of the games against a City, Liverpool, even a United. They were always mm. going to win one, and that's going to be it because that squad is poor. Well, you talk about Sheffield United. It's they poor. broke their transfer record four consecutive times this summer. Yeah. Norwich City spent £1 million and expected to stay yeah, no competitive in the if, Premier League. I mean, if, that doesn't make any sense to me at all, that really. Yeah. I think that's either delusion or you're just, not, or you're just thinking we'll just go back down you know we'll give it one season then try again I don't really get it but I think as you mentioned going back to the City game everyone was like oh Pookie and this is mm. gonna, it's going to be can't amazing can't rely on one striker but for... the goals have dried up for him they were 
shocking against United, I thought, yeah, yeah. because I yeah, mean, we missed two penalties and we still scored yeah. three goals, yeah. which is well, a up for us. Pukki's been linked with Inter Milan recently <laughs> because uh, Sanchez has obviously got a bad injury. Yeah. They they might consider bringing him in yeah. um, if he's got any brains. Go if he lo- if he leaves Norwich and does go to Inter Milan. Whether it's all speculation, if, obviously, but that will really leave. Norwich they've got a couple of good players, right? Let's let's not give them too much. But Cantwell's all right. Cantwell's, Cantwell's good. a good player. Wendy's um, okay. Yeah, I, I they have had a lot of injuries. Those, at the start they the have had a well. lot. Yeah, they they agreed. Agreed. A couple of good young players, but like you say, you can't spend no money. I mean, you can, but you somebody get somebody said to me that. It, it it they came up too soon, like so they got Ooh. Daniel Farkin and they got a director of football in Stuart Weber and got promoted. It was it was going to be right. This there's here's this five year plan and we're going to build up and get into Premier League and bang they went straight up first year and they were like oh it's sort of like <laughs> like oh no, this is this is this isn't the plan we've got up too soon and they don't want to that. so their so their sort of philosophy that they've had is that that. You know, the 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 taking this approach where we're not gonna spend loads of money, we've got to identify players, get them cheap, and then sort of, you know, like sort of like Bournemouth and and then and nurture yeah. them through. But they're doing that, but then the players that they got straight away were really good and got them up to the Premier League and they're like, Oh no, but we won't stick to it. And I I listened to a, a quite an interesting interview with Stuart Webber, the, the director of football, and he said if we go down, it, does, it doesn't really matter. We're sticking, he, he was also to, we're sticking ra- to the same plan. He was that also rallying to the fans actually, as well, wasn't he, Webber? Seen that. He was also saying the fans need to give yeah. a bit more at Carrow Road. I think ever since they beat Manchester City... <laughs> yeah, Delia on, yeah, the, yeah, on yeah, the microphone yeah, yeah, again, yeah. where are you? On the sherry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, We don't need that again. <laughs> 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 don't need that. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> he peaked after five games. Yeah, they did. Norwich, they're second from bottom, Adam, but they've lost eight games, which is the most of... Of any no, team, for, I mean, bottom me. the 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 you know the prize you know of bottom place goes to Watford, but they've I've, lost eight games. I've just had weird deja vu that we were kind of having this conversation a couple of months ago after they beat City, saying, "Oh right, where where can they go from here?" They, like you've, you've just said it, they lose too many games. I said they were they going don't down get at draws. The start, in all fairness. They don't get draws. Like they're not even picking up the odd point now. There's, they've got seven points. They've conceded what the most in the league, second most in the league after Southampton. The alarm bells were ringing 26. when they lost five 0 at home to Villa. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's yeah, says it I, all. I think, a, yeah, Norwich for me are down, but <laughs> um, and that's that's no slight on them. Like yeah. you say, they don't have to stay up because I mean, no. they've you got know, this plan. You, and, you look at what Burnley did; they got promoted, came up down, and then went. Yeah, back maybe up they again need that more bump. prepared yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the second time round or whatever. Um, so the, going yeah. back to what you said, Pete, if that's yeah. their sort of philosophy, it makes sense to me because looking at it from the outside, I thought this looks like madness to think this team's yeah. going to be good yeah. enough to survive. Well, a lot of people question whether Brighton would stay up this season and a lot of people actually tip them to go down on this very podcast when doing their pre-season predictions. They're in eighth position. Um, I really like Graham Potter. Yeah, I like some that... of the players he's brought in. I, I think their three centre-backs are just three absolute giants and I think that's helping them quite a bit Graham, as well. Graham Potter's fantastic. Um like his his story is one of them. Stop there. You know, no, no. There you go. There's a statement. The, the way he's come into a Brighton team, out of context podcast. Yeah, yeah. that would be. Graham that, Potter that, is fantastic. That would be the such a that line as well. Was he, out of context football social daily. He's he's come into a Brighton side that was bad the end of last season. They just about that just found a way to get themselves to stay up in the end, and he came in at a really bad time. And I think people questioned his. His appointment, really, because, yeah, he's he's not been around very long and he's a little bit unknown and he's not one of these sexy managers like a Marco Silva who are known for this mm. flair, but he's brought in the players that they needed 
and that's, that's I think he the got key a thing. bit of a bad rap as well. With Chris Hewitt, was quite a likable figure, yeah. As well, people were like, oh, he's you know getting rid of him when he's done what he sort of should be doing, keeping Brighton up. Well, a lot of Brighton fans were like the football's not great. It was the football that yeah. they were playing. The Brighton it's, fans were like they were bored. They were bored to death last year. They just no. they just about stayed up. Well, that's but, why Claude Puel kept getting the chop at every club mm, he went yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. He finished. He, he got to, he, with Southampton. He, he finished eighth and but, got to League Cup final and got sacked. Yeah, because mm. because he's boring. He's not not just. I mean, I, for some reason that season I had to cover Southampton quite a lot. Oh and my word, those press conferences. Oh, Claude Puel. He, he talks. He talks like like sort of like mumbles us into the microphone and just says the same things all the time. And it was just like it was worse than his football, and his football was pretty bad. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think they're going to be fine this season. That result, Ryan, you tipped him to go down at the start. No, I didn't. Did you not? No, I didn't tip him to go down because of Graham Potter. He thinks Graham Potter's fantastic. fantastic. He's not going to tip them to go down. He I think I've got a bit of love for get him top four because I, I watched his Ostersunds team at Berlin. And I thought, these are actually quite good with these players. Neil Mope, I think I, I said at the start of the season, I thought that he would be Top the, the one, yeah. you know, the one who's come from the championship and be the striker. And he looks he looks decent. So I think they're going to have enough goals as well. And that's actually quite surprising that Brighton under Hewton didn't look like they had goals in them. Yeah, They're, they're actually scoring goals. The 3-2, 2-1, 2-0, 3-0, 2-0. They're actually getting yeah yeah a lot of nils in there as well, and you're right. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're right to point out the the, the centre backs. I mean, they, Duffy. They, they've been they've been there for well, a while. Dunk Duffy Webster and, and they've been added to yeah. like, Dan Burn. They've yeah, been added God. to. They've kept they've kept the two core. Yeah, um, and they've been added to, and it makes a huge uh, difference. And they've also got Matt Clark on loan at Derby County, who will be an excellent. The, the one thing well. that goes against them is they've lost to teams around them, and that's as we know, they've lost to Southampton, they drew at Burnley. They drew against Newcastle, but then they're beating Spurs and they lost to Villa. Yeah, those are the the little concerns for me. Brian. They've got United next, so they're all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Draw yeah. three points. Yeah. Where three is it? Points, right. yeah. It's Old, Old Trafford. Trafford. Final yeah. question. Draw. Final question. They draw. say after ten games, don't they, that the Premier League table starts to take shape a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm looking here at this Premier League table, eleven games into the season, and my head from second place downwards is scrambled. Looking at this table, you have to press expand to find United. By it's the way. absolutely oh, I know. crazy. I've got yeah, it on yeah. two pages on the phone. <laughs> yeah. The so second then, page on that premise. I'm looking at this table. Eleven games in. This is how the table looks. Can you see any significant changes? Yeah, United are not going to finish tenth. <laughs> I think once Pogba comes back, I think United will will get into the top six. I can't see Sheffield United staying there, but I'd quite gladly Spurs be wrong. Spurs are in eleventh. Spurs change? Spurs will end up. 11? Top seven-ish, you'd imagine. This is all... Palace, I can't imagine are going to finish top ten. But I suppose I can see the top four staying in. In terms yeah. of a Premier League season, after 11 games, not many people predicted it to look like this. So that's why, obviously, we love it so much. But it's been a bit of a wild season so far. Well, ever, ever, There's after, so many after things After 10 games, Everton in 17th. You wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't no. have thought that after no. spent 150 million in the I summer. Think, yeah, I think there's a, the top two is obviously re- very predictable. Um, I think... Arsenal in fifth, Chelsea in fourth, okay. Yeah, I think that, like you say, Sheffield United have been a bit of a surprise package. And, and United being so bad, Manchester United being so bad, yeah. has been a relative surprise as well. I don't think anyone thought we'd be in the bottom half of the table yeah. or mid-table after 11 games. So, yeah, there's, there's not, it's not shocking, but Spurs as well is a bit of a surprise, I'm being yeah. honest, because I, I 
tip them for. T- I thought they were a banker for top four. I, I did as well. I, so thought, I, I had, thought the top three were sorted. I thought I, it was City, Liverpool, and Spurs. I think I actually said I'm that wrong. I thought Spurs would finish above Liverpool. I will say I had Leicester I in above fourth. Liverpool. I thought that at the start oh, of the season, dear. just because I thought when they got. Oh to, yeah, that was. Oh, weird. They got to the Champions League final, Liverpool, and I just no, felt no, that that no, was no, it. No, that was no, it. no, no, no. You know better than that. I thought better of you than that. It doesn't. You've let yourself down on that one. Do you know what though? He did it. Roy Hodgson is fantastic. No, he did it because if it came off. He, you look like a hero. Yeah. A bit yeah, like Fer- yeah. Fergal's going to look like a hero because he's put Sheffield United so high. Yeah. And I've got Leicester in the top four, so. Yeah. Now, just to get out of that, I have to say any manager is a, is a fantastic and then we're, we're away. I there. might say that every time now. Was that your was that your big pick? Leicester top four at yeah. the start of the season? Yeah. Only, only on the back good. of that one game mm. that I saw. I just thought if, if they buy some players. My, mine's looking good as well. I had, t- I had Tammy Abraham 20 goals. Ooh. Really? I did not see that one coming. Yeah. I did not pick I'm that a big one. fan of it. I, I Nearly halfway there, brilliant. aren't you already? Yeah. 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 Fair, fair play. Happy up. What, was your, what, what was your pick? They were all, I think I had United in the top six or something stupid. It's yeah, not, yeah. I can't, I've, there was nothing that I'm bragging about anyway. <laughs> There's nothing I'm going to say, oh, well, I had this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah, my, yeah. I had nothing to my shout summary about. of of the league so far is, I think it's going to be a really good title race, but there's going to be such a gulf, I think, between the top two. And then there's going to be a cluster in three, four, five, and then there's going to be a mini one. And I think that just the gaps are going to be quite big. I don't think, I think that the table will start sorting itself out at Christmas. Okay, and okay, we'll have to wait and static. see. Let's quickly run down the table before we leave things for today's show. Liverpool are currently top the Premier League with 31 points. That's six points ahead of Manchester City in second on 25. They do face each other next week, though. Uh, Leicester and Chelsea comprise the rest of the top four. Arsenal in fifth, Sheffield United, Bournemouth, and Brighton. Comprised 6th, 7th and 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, Palace, United, Tottenham, Hotspur, Wolves, West Ham, Burnley, Newcastle, Aston Villa and Everton complete the rest of the bottom half while in the relegation zone, Southampton, Norwich City and Watford. Well, that's it for another Premier League review show. Thank you very much, Adam. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pete. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jay. Thanks, mate. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss another episode and we'll be back with you again tomorrow. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.